Hey everyone, you're tuned into InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy. Join us as we talk about anything and everything. All the stuff that makes life interesting. So let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to InfoQuench. I'm your host Jeff. And I'm Amy and this episode we're going to be talking about sayings or terms that are considered offensive to some and you may not realize that they're offensive so this is something i was interested in educating myself on uh yeah learning i guess more about you know the inherent prejudice that we may have um, in general but also what's in our you know our everyday vernacular yeah the the sayings that we're using the things that you didn't you wouldn't really know that would be offensive because you've been saying them so long because a lot of these sayings i would presume have been passed down from generation to generation well i think a lot of times we do say things without realizing where the origins are and it's you know not with ill intent but i i think we've learned uh, as a society in the last well i guess more so in the last year with Mm -hmm. the black lives matter movement uh, how important it is for us to continue to learn and to educate ourselves on how to be better. It's it's something that we can always learn from, no matter how old we get. You know? That's right. We can always learn more. And, mm-hmm. and it's important to realize that even if something isn't offensive to you, if it's considered offensive to somebody else, that's reason enough to, you know, just change your, change your language. There's enough, uh, you know, choice out there, enough words in the in the English language that you can choose a synonym or or some other way of of conveying your thoughts or feelings without offending somebody. So if that's available to you, why not? So, but I think the first step is sort of identifying what are those sort of terms, sayings that are offensive or what what are the origins of them? Yeah. Did you hear the cat? Charlie, he's saying offensive things in in the background here. (laughs) What do you want? It's ne- never fail. I, know. I haven't seen him all day, and here he is. Here he is now. Press I think he wants to do his own podcast. <laughs> Wouldn't I'm, that be I'm fascinating? I'm not a cat <laughs> in the house with that's, Charlie. That's what he would just. It would just be I'm not a cat that today. The whole podcast. <laughs> I'm not a cat. I had to repeat it because I'm like you're not picking up what I'm laying down. That that's was hilarious. Uh, for those who missed it, there's a YouTube video circulating uh, around I'm not a cat. And if you're listening to this in the future, a lawyer talking to a judge. <laughs> it will still be on YouTube, and you can still look. It yeah, up yeah it's uh it's it's pretty funny um okay so let's i guess get on with this let's and get on with it one thing i would like to also mention is we're recording this uh well on valentine's day yeah um, happy valentine's day everybody happy valentine's day but it's also uh february is black history month i think uh, um it is in canada for sure and i think across north america and perhaps in other countries as well and yes. so, you know, just a time to, to celebrate the, the contributions and achievements of the black community. Yes. So I just wanted to recognize that, too. Black History Month. So uh, let's get started. And I would encourage people, you know, I'm going to cover these. I did I did research and tried to find a few different sources for each of the items. But if you uh, want to know more, you know, go- Google up these terms and, and read the full history of I them. I did more research than you, though, this time. Let's be honest. <laughs> You say that with a straight face. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. I... You're smirking. Okay. Let's the first go. one is master bedroom. Right? Master bedroom. Mm, yeah, I can see how that one would be problematic. Well, but it, but people say it all the time. We they do. say it on uh, they say it on property 
whatever the show is there with if every with, every show oh, on with, uh, HGTV. <laughs> what's her name? What's her name? The one that was really oh, kind of Sandra on Property had the Hunters Sandra, or Property Virgins. That is what I'm thinking about. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's used. It's a common term, and and because we're putting it in the context of discussing offensive sayings or or terminology. Straight away, when you hear it, you think, oh, okay, I could see how that would be offensive. Yeah. But other than that, I think people would use it quite often. What did you so, find out about origins for that one? Or well, did you- so according to a CNN article, um, just for reference, about 42% of the current property listings on U.S. Zillow. Zillow, There was, was right. a great SNL a great skit SNL on Zillow on that, yeah. <laughs> recently. Um, but, but, yeah, so almost half of the listings use the term master in reference to uh, the main bathroom uh, or bath. And according to the real estate bra, <laughs> get out of here, Charlie. We always promise the unedited version of our podcast, yeah. and I'm sure Charlie will make a reappearance. Yeah. Despite Jeff's frantic shooing away. There you go. He'll be back. Um, according to a real estate blog, uh, Trelora, the phrase "master bedroom" first appeared in a 1926 Sears catalog. So I had no idea that Sears catalogs even advertised properties, but apparently they did back then. There was a Dutch colonial home, and it was the most expensive in the catalog, and it referred to a large second bedroom with a private bath, which I think is what most people uh, refer to now as master bedrooms. And it became more widely implemented as a term huh. in North America after World War II, and it was in- the intent was to give parents a private space within their own homes where they had both a bedroom and a bathroom. Right. Um, so even though it's unclear whether the roots have, um, whether the term has roots in American slavery, um, it does evoke that history, that idea of separation. Yeah. And so much so that a lot of real estate associations are making the move to replace master with primary uh, to, yeah. de- to describe bedrooms and bathrooms in their listings. It also, I think it also um, echoes the uh, patriarchy as well, you know, like the master... Bedroom, that's like, a good point you know, i i didn't even pick read yeah. anything on that but that's a, another makes, makes kind of makes sense in a way you know interesting uh i came across a lot of uh articles just specifically around the idea of uh black and white so the idea of black listing somebody or oh, white yeah. listing like even when we have say an email ad- address that's considered safe in the you know it world they'll call it it's it's whitelisted um, Wild! I never people really are, thought of that. are blackballed, or they have a black mark against them, or they're considered yeah. black sheep. So all of those things, even though they don't have a direct link to to race, they reinforce the incorrect notion of black equaling bad and right. white equaling good. And when you think about that and how ingrained that is in so much of our it's segregating negative and positive things with a racial color, which is very right interesting like very odd you know it is i found that one fascinating because that's so prevalent in our language that one is fascinating i never really thought of thought of that one before you know this one really surprised me and i should say that i I think most of these on the list are they they surprised me i didn't know they're a lot of the their terms that i use regularly Mm. and i had no idea where the origins were that they could be considered um offensive to some the next one's urban urban yeah so, urban planning, urban development. Well, that's right. So it's often used uh, to refer to the inner city. And there's a, there's a lot of you know articles out there, a lot of research that's been done around the racialization of space. So uh, 
you know, attributing certain uh, races or socioeconomic status to certain areas. Yeah. So today, a lot of people are using alternatives and uh, just saying either city or metropolitan area or environment. Um, and so much so that instead of using urban to categorize music made by black artists, many are now uh, categorizing it as either hip-hop or R&B. That makes sense, for sure. So National Public Radio's Kate Young noted that on June 5th, in response to the, so this was just June 5th of 2020, in response to the rapidly increasing momentum behind the fight for black lives in the United States and around the world, Republic Records announced that it would remove urban from the label's verbiage. Yeah, that's interesting. In describing departments, employee titles, and music genres. Um, it's interesting because uh, as an aside from that, I know that when I was a kid and, you know, interested in breakdancing, we used what was called a ghetto blaster. Well, yes, and, that's another term that I had come across, oh, which actually is has... Is it on or, your list? I, so uh, I No, it, is, it isn't because I thought that that, yeah. that one to me was one I knew. And, yeah. and I think that's become more widely known as being an inappropriate term. But you're yeah. right. We Ghetto blaster was a very common term when we were growing up. Very. Yeah, that's what... It, those radios were called, unfortunately. But. Um, so just sort of finishing uh, what Miss Young had said, she just said, over the time, the meanings and connotations of urban have shifted and developed into a generalization of black people in many sectors of the music industry, including employees and uh, music by black artists. Hmm. So, And according to Forbes, major record labels such as Warner Music Group, um, and even the Grammys and radio stations are moving away from the use of cat, uh, using the category of urban music mm. to support a movement of racial equality in the music industry. That's really interesting because music shouldn't be categorized in, in, in sort of like an area from which it comes from. You know what I mean? Right. Because music can come from anywhere. Exactly. So it's, it, it's, it's fascinating. Now, you know, in the, the research that I read, it, very much focused on the music industry so it'll be interesting you mentioned like urban planning and that sort of thing whether it's yeah. viewed in the same negative context um you know depending on on the realm that it's being used the next one um nitty gritty nitty there's a band called the nitty gritty dirt band oh yeah yeah like well and i think when band. we say nitty gritty we we basically well, according to the Cambridge uh, English Dictionary, it's the basic facts of a situation. We'll say getting down to the getting nitty-gritty. Getting down to the nitty-gritty, yeah. But many consider the term to have roots in the slave trade. So um, so much so that its use is already banned in a lot of institutions wow. in the U.S., um, including uh, police forces. Yeah. So theories suggest the expression originated um, because it referred to the waste matter that was found in the bottom of boats uh, that people were being transported in during the oh, times wow. of the slave trade. And um, so never what, thought that. So what was left over once once the people were removed from the hold yeah. um, were, I guess it was called the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. Um, nitty referring to a knit, which is the egg of a louse. Um, so that mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, a, a parasitic insect that was common uh, among the poor conditions yeah. that, that the people were being transported in. And then gritty... Uh, is a reference to grits, which are, which you are, know, writ- uh, commonly eaten in the South, coarse uh, ground grain, and they were used as sort of cheap food to feed uh, people while they were being transported across a, uh, across the Atlantic. It was a cheap way to feed them. So the idea of nitty gritty has never known that one. And I no, I had no idea. It's interesting because you know, 
the nitty gritty dirt band, for example, is the name of, of that country group. Like they're probably more than likely not going to change the name of their band. But if you look at, you know, the Dixie Chicks, they changed their name from Dixie Chicks to just Chicks because right. they dropped the Dixie, right? So it's right. so people are, you know, wising up. I well, think, I mean, we've got sports teams changing thing, yeah. names, and you know, yeah. if it again, if it's some people might say, uh, I, "Well, I don't find it offensive," and I think you're, you know, you're reading too much into it, but I. I think when we do that, we're missing the point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not about what we think. If it's offensive to at least like even just one person, it should be offensive to you as well. Like you should care about your fellow human being. You know what I mean? Exactly. But and there, you know, there's still so much to learn about this. There is, mm-hmm. and we live in such a racially charged, you know, time right now. We do, you know? and it's and it's a, a great time for education. Yeah, and that's what this. Info, we're quenching your info. There you this. go. <laughs> I like how you came up with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, straight off the top of my head, yeah. The next one I have is uh, Peanut Gallery. Mm-hmm. Now... Peanut Gallery. We mentioned this to some friends, and they, they did... They were aware that it wasn't uh, that it was an offensive term, but I wasn't aware of it. I what, didn't know. I don't even know so what it, that word would be used in, in context. Like, well, you know, typically when we say it now, like, I guess in, in like current day right we we talk about it when we're describing like just ill-informed comments um it's often used to describe like, like the critics or, kind of or hecklers or oh. like comments from the peanut gallery or ah okay i uh, see so that's that's sort of how it's used today but it dates back to the vaude, uh, vaudeville era mm-hmm. of the late 19th century and it referred to sections of the theater where black people typically sat and because peanuts were sold at these shows and sometimes people would throw peanuts at unpopular acts. The term evolved to connote uh, unwarranted criticism of the acts. Wow. So while the term was, was more classist, um, it had racist, racist undertones as well. Um, because the acts themselves during that era were blatantly racist. Yeah, you know, like Al Jolson. Inc- they would include and... like blackface. And, right, yeah. Wow. Um, so... And just to think about how far back it goes, Jeffrey Barg, who writes a, a language column in, uh, for the Philadelphia Inquirer, noted that the first documented use of peanut gallery appeared in a New Orleans newspaper back in 1867, 1867. which is also the year of uh, our, our country's birthday. Yes. <laughs> wow. Way to we put proud- that one all together. We proudly host uh, our podcast at a St. John, New Brunswick uh, in Canada. Yeah. I'll just put that in there. Um, and the term became, peanut gallery became more common in the 1940s. It was actually used on a, a radio show for Howdy Doody and later into, uh, in their TV version. Huh. So that's how it's, that's I, I always find the, you know, the, the etymology, uh, like the history of words and, and language origin, and how they yeah. evol- evolve over time is fascinating anyway, but it does give you insight into, uh, into these particular terms. That one in particular is one that I would never really thought to be, you know, what it means. You know, it's um, most of these, to be honest. Have you heard of the term cakewalk before? I don't think I have. To oh, okay. Be perfectly well, honest. I, this is cake something walk. I've, it's usually when you can do something easily, it's a cakewalk. Oh, like, okay. You know, yeah, then, then yes. I yeah, have, like I got, now I got, I got through it. that task. It was a cakewalk. Yeah. That's how it's used in current day. Cakewalk. Um, but it originated as a dance performed by enslaved black people on plantations before the Civil War. The name of the dance was cakewalk? No. So what had happened is um, 
so black people intended it as a way to mock the way that white people danced. Oh. But plantation owners often interpreted the movements as unskill, unskillful attempts to be like them. So they just completely misinterpreted the intent. And owners, uh, owners of the plantations actually held contests where they would watch the enslaved uh, people compete and they would offer cake as a prize. Oh. So it became called the cakewalk. Right. But it's interesting uh, that they called the it a walk and not a dance if they were... Well, if, I guess because they were... The, it, it was like a dance, but they were trying okay. to mimic the way that uh, white people walked. Right. So it's, like, it's it's pure, uncut exploitation is where that word comes from. That, yes, and I, I read that one in a, in a few different sources, and I was, you know, I was surprised. Mm. Um, fuzzy Wuzzy. Fuzzy Wuzzy, there's that... Same. A nursery rhyme, yeah. right? So, was yeah, Fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear. It's yeah. actually, a, so it later became a nursery rhyme, but it originated as a, a racist term used by British soldiers in the 1800s in relation to black people in Africa, and it, they used it as a stereotype because of uh, hair texture. Really? It was also used, uh, you know, in, other, in Australia, in uh, Papua New Guinea, so it has, it was used So I wonder how it originated to a, to a nursery rhyme. Well, then... Um, and I'm going to mispronounce his name, but you'll know how to say it. Rud- Rudyard, Rudyard, Cl- Rudyard Kipling. Exactly. I knew you would know how to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff's the literature Not necessarily in the relationship. I just know I'm how not. to pronounce Rudyard Kipling. That's it. He wrote a poem uh, that was around that terminology, and then it later became, uh, that made it more popular, and it later be- got changed or put into a nursery rhyme. So he wrote it with the racist connotation. Like he was... I don't know the whole history racist, of the poem, okay, but I know that that was sort of like he, he yeah. that's where he used the term. Okay, I see. I don't know if he explained it or not, but that's something to research. Well, like if he explained yeah. the whole background of it, but likely given the time frame. This next one is hysterical. The word hysterical? The word hysterical. And we often say it when something's really funny. I think, or yeah, really, you know, uncontrolled laughter. Curiosity or is peaked with this one, uh, but it's been historically used to reference women, and actually comes from the Greek word for womb. And it was once believed that hysteria was a disorder only suffered by women and uh, caused by disturbances in the uterus. What? So just a bunch of that's really interesting. Crap. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I do believe uh, the. The hair band Def Leppard had a had an album called Hysteria. Hysteria, you're right. So I wonder if they were. What did you call them? A hair band? Hair band, like they just had like hair that defied gravity, you know, from the '80s. So is that a common term, or you just make that up? Uh, no, I've heard it before. I didn't make. I just didn't. I certainly didn't just make that up. No, but like you know, it's like Poison and Skid Row, all those, you know, hair defying bands from the '80s. Oh, wow. Mm. I just thought a hairband was something I put in my hair to keep the hair out of my face. It probably is that too, honey. I guess I've just learned something. <laughs> Hopefully uh, you've learned something as well. Don't call me hysterical. But no, it's, I, it is maybe that one lesser so, um, lesser, you know, lesser known, but definitely uh, aimed predominantly at women. I wonder that, if it has uh, connotations to hysterectomy as well. Well, I bet you when I when I say the Greek word for womb, I bet yeah. it's the hist. Yeah, hist. Yes. Interesting. Well done, see? We're making connections. Making connections. This one uh, is one that I use commonly in discussing contracts, and it's called um, 
grandfathered a grandfather clause or to be grandfathered in. Yes, I understand. So it means usually, you know, if somebody is following existing rules or laws, um, they can, you know, they can continue to follow those even after a a new rule or law has been passed. So they call it being grandfathered in or having a a grandfather clause in a, a contract. So this one has a very definitive racist connotation or really? I shouldn't say um, connotation it has a uh, origin specifically to do um, with with the times of slavery in the United States so America's 15th amendment gave black men the right to vote in 1870 but several states erected institutional barriers to basically complicate the whole process for them um, so some of the examples are they had expensive poll taxes and literacy tests that right, made it that really they... difficult for black men to cast their vo- votes at the time. But because the same law would prevent some white men from voting, too, because they would have the same issues with the poll taxes and literacy tests. Yes. Um, the states went around this by, by by passing what's known as the grandfather clause, um, stipulating what? that you could vote before the uh, if you could vote before the 15th Amendment meaning you are white because that's all that was mm. all who could vote before that or were the lineal descent of a voter so for instance you had a grandfather who wow um likely also meaning you are white you didn't have to take tests um, or pay the toll tax so in other words you were grandfathered into being allowed to vote that's astonishing so, i know that one really yeah that one was a surprising one to that me that is extreme exploitative like you know that's just yeah disregarding votes and people this next one um hip hip hooray yeah so it's believed to have anti-semitic connotations and the reason being is that uh it's it's uh related to um the germans basically using a cheer hep hep H-E-P, yeah. hep-hep, which was a German herding call. And they would use this as they were forcing Jews from their home across Europe during the uh, 19th century. Wow. So though others believe the term didn't ar- originate as a racist phrase from the beginning, um, but instead uh, evolved to have racist usage, it's still uh, something that does it's cause so, offense to... It's so ironic that it's used to celebrate things. Well, I know. So the hooray part is just thought to be a variation of hurrah, which is like a, a sailor yes. shout of excitement. So there really isn't anything around that. So it's really the, the hip hip yeah. and the idea that it comes from the Germans calling hep hep, which you can imagine if if you were somebody of Jewish descent or anybody whose family endured that, that would be quite a horrible, horrible association. With I wonder that what hep, it, like H-E-P... Uh, means in German? Yeah, like or what the connotation is there because I know that Well, it's a German cats. herding call, but I don't know Yeah. I don't know I don't know German. No, there's like hep cats, right? And that's just means somebody in the know for jazz music and, you know, beatnik culture or whatever. But I I don't think it has any connotation with that, but Okay. It's it's interesting. Well, and so the article that I'd read around this uh so just to avoid offending people, just say hooray. hooray. You know, av- avoid those first two words. Yeah. Uh, again, just erring, erring on the side of caution, not to upset anybody. Um, the next one is uppity. Uppity. Yeah. So this is something... Uh, I would not know that that was problematic either. So the, the Atlantic reports that during segregation times, um, 
racist Southerners would use uppity to describe black people who thought they, who they thought didn't know their place. And I'm using air quotes here, right. um, socioeconomically speaking. So uh, it originally it's thought that the term uh, orig- uh, started with the black community, but racists adopted it really quickly. And in fact, in two, as recently um, 2011, Rush Limbaugh pontificated that a NASCAR audience booed Michelle Obama because she exhibited uppityism. Oh, really? Yes. He's so he's so evil, Rush Limbaugh. He's just an awful, you know, right wing pundit radio host. That just, anyways, just and Trump gave him like the Medal of Honor, where the heck it is, anyways. <sighs> Uh, next one I, I I knew, and I think you may know it, but jip or gypped. Yes, I do. So it usually means one. when you feel like you've you've been ripped off, I guess. But it, it originates from the term gypsy. Yes. Um, which is an ethnic Roma people that were thought uh, thought to originate from Egypt and who lived throughout Europe and America, and they typically traveled a lot and they made their money by selling things. But um, naturally, because of all the transactions, business disputes would come up. And the masses started thinking of them as swindlers. So Jip uh, has become synonymous with cheating somebody. Wow. I know. That's, that's uh, you know, maybe something that was said when, you know, we were kids and stuff. But you don't, you know, a lot of, you know, you don't say those things any longer. Um, Who knew? Like, I just wanted to say one other thing that I thought about just as we were talking is another thing that you don't really hear much about is like it, when someone is 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 uh termed like an illegal alien you never really think of you know that that's that's not a very good term to call somebody you know from another country that's trying to get into uh you know yeah i don't know a whole lot know, behind like that I, don't, I just it's... don't know why they're called illegal aliens aliens of all things like i know they're alien to the country they're trying to get into you know, right. on a well, and anyway. I guess the term you know alienated and yeah, it's just uh, I don't I don't I think they're trying is to that change just like that one as well? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah. Are you just did you research that, Jeff? Or I didn't just, research is it, that but just I your do. Gut telling you, I do remember reading <laughs> something about that recently. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't do research. You know that. This next, <laughs> this next <laughs> one, I I'm definitely have been guilty of using long time no see, or yeah. no can do. Yeah. Uh, so the idea is that it really it's it's making fun of people who are you have English as a second language or learning to uh, speak English. Yeah. Um, more specifically, uh, it was used in, by British and American navies uh, who picked up interactions, uh, picked it up through their interactions in the Far East with people who are uh, speaking a simplified version of English. Huh. And there's other stories that point to. Um, you know, in uh, Western novels that cite interactions with indigenous people. So, uh, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, this type of isolating construction would have uh, been unusual for the indigenous languages of uh, North America. So, the idea that it, it does—it's not even something that they would have done, but it was an association right. that people made. And uh, by the 1920s, it became very popular. That no matter—you um, know—no matter what the origin. Of it was, uh, it was still considered to be mocking people who were learning English. Well, that's really interesting because we were just listening to a record today by Hall and Oates, and they have a lyric that says, "I can't go for that, no can do." Oh, oh. so you know, I, I wonder if if they're aware of of the connotation of that. 
Uh, next one's Paddy Wagon. Interesting. So Paddy, well, my actually my my granddad, his name was Patrick, and we called him Patty. Patty. Right. Um, and it, you know, it's a it's a common name for somebody named Patrick in Ireland, and wagon refers to a vehicle. Uh, so there's two thoughts on this, on whether it is um, whether it's referring to uh, groups of police officers that were primarily of Irish descent or whether it's referring to um, the Irish being commonly arrested for being rowdy. And uh, so, you know, either way, it's considered to be derogatory in terms of, uh, you know, people who are Irish and and using that term paddy wagon. But in modern slang, it's just used when you're talking about a police car. Right. With the one that rounds up drunk people, though, pretty much. That's what paddy wagon does. Right. You know. Rule of thumb. This, this is another one with some controversy. Mm-hmm. So just quickly, I mean, a rule of thumb is like a basic rule. You're like, oh, that by rule of thumb, this That's is what you do. Basic knowledge. Um, it, according to the Telegraph, it dates back to 1886, where Sir Francis Buller ruled that a man could beat his wife with a stick no thicker than his thumb. Hence the rule of thumb. What? But, but American author William Sapphire disputed the story, writing in the New York Times that it actually comes from uh, as far back as 1692, um, and where uh, and it was basically Sir William Hope uh, wrote in The Complete Fencing Master, what he doth, he doth by rule of thumb and not by art. So uh, just, so you know. a fencing term? A fencing, yes. Uh. The Complete wow. Fencing Master. That first one is just horrible. Well, it's a great example of sometimes there's controversy over the origin of words and whether or not they're truly offensive in nature, depending on where they come from. But again, uh, I don't think we can say it enough. If you can err on the side of caution, say. watch what you say, learn learn uh, as we I, go along, and, and do the research and, and find out more about the terms I've I learned a old. lot from this one. And you know what? I will say that this podcast went by rather quickly. It did. It did. And I uh, hope you uh, enjoyed this podcast, learned something. Check us out anywhere on any audio format. Anywhere you get your podcast, you'll yeah. find us. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can catch up on past episodes at infoquench.com. Or just about anywhere else you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And help spread the word about InfoQuench. Till, Till next, next time. time.